Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Philbin, financial coach, accredited financial counselor, certified money coach, and founder of the 4,000 Person Strong Financial Coaches Community Facebook group. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. I'm a tenured professor, a serial entrepreneur, a certified financial planner, and I run a nonprofit organization that provides financial planning resources to over 100,000 families each year. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal coaching business. And I'm excited because we're carrying on our conversation from last week, which is where we had a conversation more generally about what imposter syndrome is and both the common conception about what it is, as well as what the more academic definition is. Right. And this week, we're continuing on the conversation around imposter syndrome, but really focusing at least to start on your coaching process. Mm-hmm. and program and imposter syndrome around that. We may see where it goes if we have this be a really long one and tackle a couple other topics or maybe have another one after that. I'm betting we're going to have another one after that. Huh. So fair uh, enough. just to give this the due that it deserves. So <laughs> fair enough. So where would you like to start specifically, you know, moving on with imposter syndrome and talking about coaching process? Yep. So let's do a quick 10 second definition of each of those things so that uh, people don't have to be forced to watch the full video last time. Uh, but the the academic version of imposter syndrome, the, where the actual term comes from, it, the research, is the idea that highly skilled professionals, so people who have advanced degrees, doctorates in fields, as you learn more about something, you have a realization of how much you actually didn't know before when you thought you knew something. And that realization of the totality of all the stuff we don't know as we learn more about something causes people that are highly skilled in a field, have advanced degrees in a field, uh, it causes them to start to feel like they're imposters because they realize how much they don't know. Right. When in reality, all the people that think they know a whole bunch of stuff, they know far more than them, which is why they realize how much they don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And so there is that part of imposter syndrome that we'll incorporate into this conversation. And then there's the more um, the, the way that it's used or the definition that it's used more publicly in media in this Facebook group, which is the idea of. I don't have confidence in what if I don't know something, right? And so we're going to look at both of those and we'll interweave both as we go through this conversation. And as it applies to your coaching process, uh, there is both the idea of as you develop your coaching process more and more and more, you will start to see potential holes in it. And you'll start to worry more and more and more about, do I have everything covered? Am I really worrying about things? Um, In the beginning, you're going to feel very confident about it. And then as you start using it more, as you start working with clients, that confidence will get chipped away as you start to realize things that you never could have thought of before. 
time. Yeah. And my guess is over five years of working with clients, you had that experience and probably continue to have that experience as do I. <laughs> yeah, I would say I was really scared as I was putting my program together five plus years ago, it was really like, oh my gosh, how's this gonna look? And was really kind of had that media definition of imposter syndrome at first. And then it seemed to work with a couple of clients and more. So I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Right. And that was almost like the Mount stupid. And then <laughs> realized as I work more and more with clients, like, oh, okay, here are some more things that I could add in more that I could add in. And then as I niche down, you know, to working with aspiring entrepreneurs, it's like, oh, well, crap, there's so much that I can add in. And right. So getting to that part yeah. that you talked about the more um, academic definition. So short answer is yes, yeah. <laughs> on many counts. And and then the other side of it is just how do you go about countering that? Like what is how we how do we on one side embrace it and realize that when we're really confident, it probably means we don't know very much, and that can very much harm clients. And so we need yeah. to embrace that imposter syndrome and make sure that we use it for a positive. But at the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, not allow it to paralyze us so that we never move forward with our business. And we're constantly in this learning thing because imposter syndrome stops us from making progress. Right? 100%. And so how do we thread that needle? And, and that's what we're going to talk about today surrounding the coaching process. Let's do it. Yeah. And so the first thing that I would say is that one of the first things to look at is, as you said many, many times, don't reinvent the wheel if you don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> and there are lots of programs out there. Right. There are uh, Kelsa has a program. Uh, you've got Coach Connections. You've got Dave Ramsey's uh, master training. You've got um, all sorts of things in launch. We use the CFP program, the CFP process, because it is extraordinarily well tested. It is, you know, proven and it's mod. We Talk about how to modify it for your specific niche and what you do, right? Yeah. Um, and so start with a program, right? Start with something that's already existing so that you can kind of build it into your, into your process. But the problem with that is any of those programs, um, with the exception of one, any of those programs, you're going to have the issue of it's made for the masses, right? It's made for the general public. And what that means is it's going to be generically helpful, but it's not truly going to be helpful for your specific niche of people. Right? And that is a really important thing to understand because when you take an off-the-shelf product, it can very easily put you on Mount Stupid. Right. The idea of, oh, I've got this covered because here are the different steps. And it's important that you realize that those steps were not designed for your exact niche, the exact things that they struggle with. It's generic. 
And this includes the CFP program, right? The CFP process, it's not a step-by-step process like a lot of the other ones are. It's more of a framework for how to go about working with clients, and then you have to build it yourself. And that's the important thing is kind of the next step of embracing this idea that you don't know everything and you can't just get something off the shelf. And one of the things that is a big part of phase two of launch, and whether you take launch or you do this on your own, this is something you need to do, right? So whether you join launch, you do this on your own. You need to take whatever you're using as a framework, whatever off the shelf thing that you had. And you need to have a process for how do I take that and customize it to the exact needs of my client? And uh, just for clarification, like it's been a while. I took Financial Coach Academy, Kelsey's program a long time ago. I don't know where it stands now. And we're not saying that like, oh, her program only says use this. I actually think Kelsa does some of the like, hey, this is a framework, right? And narrow it to your own. So just want to be totally clear in that it's like, we're not saying that that's how they do their approach. Um, that it's like, here, just take it and run with it and right. don't do anything to it. Um, just like we said, look, we uh, in FCN launch use the CFP seven step process as a framework and then help guide you through narrowing it down. But just want to make sure that that's yeah, clear. Thank you for that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Because uh, I know you know that, but it's important, I think, especially. Just to clarify, I mentioned it. Um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the the there's there is differing levels of off the shelf, right? When you're looking at, for example, buying a book from a store, that is literally off the shelf. I mean, literally, you picked the book off the shelf, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a very good clarification. And different coaches will have different things that they're basing things on, right? Some of them very much off the shelf. It, correct. Because also, if you are narrowing down with a niche and you say, I just want to help people put together a budget and who do you help? Well, I help anyone and everyone you know, off the shelf is kind of by definition, you know, maybe where you're at at that point yeah. in time. Yeah. Um, and so as we go through this, it's as you think about your coaching process, you want to re-envision every step of it from the perspective of the exact needs the exact challenges, the exact psychological perspectives, um, the exact anxieties, struggles of your ideal client. Because ultimately, the fundamental difference between being an effective coach and being a coach that is basically a living version of a book, right? So basically, you're just reading a book to someone. is how much you take it and customize it to the exact experience of your ideal client. Yeah. And one thing I will say is a caveat, um, and we learned this in FCN, putting together FCN's launch, is this doesn't have to all happen today. Yeah. So this is going to be an iterative process where, yes, you definitely want to get down to the very specific steps, you know, of each step of the seven step CFP process, if you're going through FCN's launch, so that it is exactly what your client needs. But that doesn't all have to be done right away. And don't feel like you're behind if you don't already have that built. Right. Very much at all business, whether it's financial coaching or anything else is building the plane as you're flying it. 
And it's less important to, to see, I have to have all this done at some point. So that means I have to have it all done before I get clients. And it's more important yeah. to realize where I am and where I need to go and to have a process for adding to what you're doing as you're working with clients to get you closer to where you want to get to, as opposed to waiting until you get there. <laughs> yeah. we, we've been accused of maybe a couple times uh, of trying to have people drink from a fire hose and overwhelming people with how much content. So I think yeah. it, that's why I bring it up. And, you know, we're laughing because we know we give a, a, a ton of to do's and we ask a lot of people um, as they go through launch. And so just to be clear, this is an iterative process. Um, we have little jokes. I think we even joked about that in our last office hours, which Emily <laughs> would be able to, to speak to. So yes, it doesn't have to happen all right away. It's an iterative process, but something good to keep in mind is a what I'm working toward. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's one of the things with regards to having, I, I would highly encourage people, don't try to create it on your own. Uh, nothing will emphasize, nothing will augment the voice of imposter syndrome more than not having an external process to help you as you build your own internal coaching process that you're going to work with, with your clients. Right. And that comes in multiple phases that comes in multiple iterations. Uh, And that may be starting with something that is more on the off the shelf side of things, right? Uh, Dave Ramsey's masterclass would be a great example of this. Lots of people have gone through it. It is uh, generally effective. It is a very specific linear process. And then you want to take that and have a process for how you're going to customize it how you're going to build it in into something that is very specific to the group that you are going after. Yeah. Um, and then it's a matter of really looking at individual things. And while we're not going to be able to go into all the things that we talk about in launch, there are some key yeah. things to to really point out. And so, for example, and, and a good example of this is how do you structure a budget or how do you structure a uh, net worth statement for a client? And you can get budget worksheets. You can get net worth statements from all sorts of places. In fact, if you have Microsoft Excel, and I believe Numbers also has this with Mac, you can just yeah. type in personal budget into the templates and it will give you nine different templates out there, right? Yep. Um, so you can very easily pull this information from other sources. The problem is that is a generic version of a budget. That is a generic version of a net worth statement. And if that's all that was required, well, anyone with Excel would automatically not need a financial coach, right? Yeah. And so we want to think about, okay, how do we take a budget? How do we take a worksheet? How do we take a net worth statement? You know, something that's fairly standard and straightforward. And how do we customize it for the specific needs of our client? Uh, Some of the things that we talk about in that module of launch are looking at how do you categorize expenses based on the psychology, based on the the struggles, based on who your ideal client is? Um, 
how do we categorize assets, right? How do we categorize liabilities? Because they're not all the same. And the generic categorization of, well, these are your bank accounts and these are your investment accounts and these are your retirement accounts may be irrelevant or may not be sufficient categorizations based on how your clients actually use their money in their lives and how they live their lives and how the money impacts it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a very simple example of this is with regards to business owners, right? Yes, we can categorize it as business money versus personal money, right? But depending on the type of client, that distinction may not be relevant to them, depending on the type of business that they have, right? Um, Similarly, even the categorization of business money may not be sufficient. There may be assets that are devoted toward growth of the business, assets that are devoted toward risk management within the business, and assets that are devoted toward, we'll call it personal assets in waiting, Mm. right? Yeah. And depending on the specifics of the business owner, that may be a key component of it, right? Um, And so you really want to think about how do those how does the actual money integrate with people's lives based on the exact lifestyles or needs of your ideal client? And I think a helpful and this makes way a lot to... more sense, by the way, once you've gone through the boot camp of niche, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in launch. But hopefully it's still making sense to people, even if they haven't done that. Well, an example I would use or how I might state it is you know, putting together a budget or putting together the information for a net worth statement is not always the most fun and exciting thing for a client. Mm -hmm. And they may not always understand why they have to do it. They kind of do it because they're told to do it, but not because they necessarily are aware or understand how that information is going to be used in a helpful way for them. So the more that we can ask for the information and gather information that really is relevant to the client and can get them excited about what their particular hopes, dreams, and goals are, then that makes the the information that we get from them actually more meaningful to them. And they get excited as to why they should update certain elements or be involved in the process because they see the direct link to how doing that makes good things happen in their life, right? So if I'm working with aspiring entrepreneurs, might be helpful to focus more so on only liquid assets and you know what kind of the the short-term liabilities are and say you know what's your what's your runway mm-hmm. right how many months of cash on hand do you have at your current spending to be able to quit your job what's your you know you talk about ratios in the video but highlight some helpful ratios to say what's most important for you to be focusing on and then they can see oh i get now how all these numbers i had to open up old bank accounts and look into, and it was a total pain in the ass, but now I see how it was helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Now I'm excited about it. Yeah. And that's uh, a much better way of expressing why it's so important to customize because when you've got an off the shelf thing, right. And off the shelf doesn't, it, it just means that it's not customized for your exact ideal client. That's there, there's no judgment right. in the statement of better right. or bad yeah. off the shelf. Yeah. 
But when you've got an off-the-shelf thing, it leaves it up to the client to figure out what the benefit is in their lives. When you customize it and you organize and present their information from the perspective of their life, not from their of their finances, it makes it really easy for the client to now see how finances flow into the life their life because it's organized and presented based on their life. Hundred percent. Cool. I was just going to say that's a very helpful tip. I'm looking we're 20 minutes in. Okay. I'll highlight that one for sharing later. Uh, What else? I feel like that was a really helpful thing to hit on. Yeah. So the next thing is to identify an actual process. And I know that this is something that uh, most of the programs, including launch, focus on is it's not enough to just sit down and let's just have a meeting with clients, right? Um, you, you have to have a guided process that you're going to bring people through. And while, yes, it's very important that part of that is left open to be organic, to just deal with things as clients, as things happen in clients' lives, you can't have you're, you can't build a successful business around, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have an hour-long meeting with you once a month. We're going to talk about whatever's going on in your life that month, and I'm going to help you improve your finances based on that, right? Yeah. And that process can all, also can't be, well, we're going to put together a budget, then we're going to put together, uh, analyze your debt, then we'll have hour-long meetings after that, <laughs> right? Yeah. You really need to have something that says, here is step one, here is step two, here is step three, all the way through your program, exactly what you're going to talk about in each meeting, exactly what you're going to accomplish in each meeting. So that one, you know what's going to happen next. So that two, you can express that to the client, both when they sign up, both as and as they're going through it but also so you can express it to prospects so that they know what they're signing up for, right? It's an important advertising piece as well to actually have your program laid out, your workflow of what's going to happen. And a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that because of the fact that, well, that means that I'm going to just have a copy cut carbon copy program and it's going to be the same for everyone. Right. Yeah. But first, nothing gives you more confidence than knowing what you're going to be doing next. And it's a really powerful combatter of imposter syndrome, right? Secondly, you're still not going to have a carbon copy thing because as you go through those steps, you're not the only one going through those steps. The client is as well. And by the nature of all services, Services are co-created between the provider and the cut and the client. Right. And so it's going to be naturally customized based on just how you have discussions, what questions they ask, what things they want to spend more time on and not want to spend more time on. Yeah. And thirdly, that doesn't mean that you can't say, okay, step one is this step two is this. And step three is that, but you're freaking out about something in step two. Great. We're going to accomplish step two. 
And we're also going to talk about the thing that you're freaking out about, right? There's nothing to say that you can't add on the organic stuff, the things that are happening in the client's lives as you're going through your process as well. And so it's really important to lay out a workflow of exactly what you're going to do from beginning to end, what the steps are, what the sub steps are. So that worst case scenario, when you have imposter syndrome and when you're freaking out about it, you've got two very concrete things you can do. The first concrete thing you can do is you can analyze your workflow to say, is this imposter syndrome because I'm realizing I don't know as much as I thought I did? And if that's the case, you can then identify what to change in your workflow to compensate for that as you're learning that? Or is this imposter syndrome because I'm just freaking out because I'm worried, I'm psyching myself out and I'm worried that I'm not actually helping people or whatever else is going on in your head trash, in which case you can just look at your process and go, all right, well, sure, I can freak out, but the only thing I need to focus on is what is the next step? And I can just do the next step and keep moving forward, right? Either type of imposter syndrome, having a complete workflow laid out is really helpful for being able to successfully navigate or get through that that experience. Totally. Yeah. It was funny. Emily said, having a process has definitely helped me. However, the more I learn, the more I feel I don't know enough. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like the exact definition of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, Which is great. But at least, yeah, as I said, I just replied in the comments, it's at least now you know what you feel like you don't know and you can take action to learn more. And I think what I like about that also is that it's kind of on-demand learning. So Mm -hmm. you set your process up, you get feedback, you realize where there are gaps that you want to learn and you know what specifically is going to be helpful and relevant to your clients versus saying, let me just hoover a lot of information in, but not yeah. necessarily know what's helpful or not. And then if you don't apply it, you're going to lose it. And it takes a lot more time. It's not relevant. So, yeah. And what I will say to Emily, um, which is going to be completely worthless to a lot of other people listening to this. So you guys can check out if you want to. Uh, but what I'll say to Emily is when you have those challenges when you have that, oh, I just realized I don't know that. Uh, That's what launches for and that's what the knowledge center and launches for. So if it's about uh, your business and marketing your business, just go watch one of those videos related to exactly what it is that you're looking for. And if it's about technical knowledge or about your process, go into the knowledge center and search for those specific things you're looking for. Um, and make sure to hand your kids off to your husband first. So you actually get uninterrupted yes. time. Cause I know how hard that is for you to come by right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so now we're just completely making this the live Emily conversation, but, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, realize that that's one of the reasons why it's a ser- there are searchable databases in there is because you are going to, have these experiences on an ongoing basis. It's just going to change what specifically you're looking for. And so don't worry about having to figure it all out now, right? We've talked about this during the last office hours with your cohort, but don't worry about having to figure it out right now. Just worry about, oh, I'm realizing I don't know this one little thing. 
not a problem. That's the only thing I'm going to worry about. I'm just going to fix that one little thing and just look at the resources that are relevant to that thing, right? Just focus on one tiny thing at a time. Yep. Otherwise, you will get overwhelmed and imposter syndrome will just get worse. <laughs> we know because we've been there too. Yes. Yeah. So Cool. Um, what else do you want to share, if anything, in this? Do you want to kind of wrap it up and leave some for the next imposter video? What are you feeling? Um, since we're talking about process just because, uh, the coaching process just because, uh, I think that it's important to realize that your clients don't know your process. Your clients only know their experience. And one of the big mistakes that people make is they think, well, I have to have 100% figured out before, because if I don't, my clients are going to freak out, right? I've done this like two weeks ago, freaked out, right? I had to remind myself of this. I just completely changed the first steps of my, of my onboarding with clients. And it was... The impetus of it was I needed to take more time, take more time away from what I had to do and automate more things. So I've been on a huge automation kick and 2021 is going to be my automation year. But part of that automation was I reevaluated all my steps and I completely changed all the steps to make the automation make sense. And I had clients that were already clients and midway through the onboarding process when I made those changes. And so now I've got, okay, here is my third meeting presentation template that I've created and I've updated it all for the new automation, right? And I'm sitting down with clients who are already going toward the third meeting. And as I'm preparing my, my templates for them, for the analysis and everything else is going to go along with that, I get to the parts of it where it's new for the new automation and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have this background information to put this thing in here because th that wasn't part of my process when I originally did that. What am I going to do? And then I realized, wait a second, my clients don't know, <laughs> right? That this new thing is here. So all I did was delete. And what I did instead was we just got that information live during the meeting. Mm -hmm. And so as you're building the plane while you're flying it, don't freak out about the fact that, oh, but if I make a change, well, my clients will know because no, they won't. Don't freak out about the fact that I don't have my step eight figured out yet. I've only got steps one through three figured out. Because your clients will never experience that unless you don't figure it out before you get to step eight. So, and then that's a problem, right, <laughs> not a problem right. yet. <laughs> right. So just realize that you've got time that you, as long as you've got the step figured out for the clients that are currently in that step. And it doesn't mean you have to have it perfect. It's just that you have a step figured out. It's going to be fine. And when you find ways to revise it, when you find ways to improve it, the new clients will experience those. And if those new revisions are really important and are going to be game changing for clients, you can just shoehorn it into a later step to get them caught up with those things. Don't allow needing to have a perfect process down stop you from starting to work with clients. Right? You want a system, you want a method. 
to improve it and to figure this all out, right? And that's, you know, that was the big thing Garrett was laughing about that. But that was the big thing that we learned from launch was we did not do a good enough job with the first cohort of expressing that you don't have to have this all figured out, that this is iterative. And people who are going through launch now probably don't have that experience because we learned so much about we didn't do a good enough job of saying, don't worry about perfection. Just worry about making tiny little improvements along the way. Right? And yeah. that's the big thing that you want to make sure to realize is you don't have to have it all figured out to get started. You just have to make sure that you're not going to harm people. <laughs> yes. And uh, the only other thing I was going to add to what you said is you need to just be one step ahead of the people that you're that you have in there and that you're working on the next step ahead of it, I think also is helpful for imposter syndrome just to as long as you don't have to have or this is my own experience, but you don't have to have it figured out that you need to be actively working on what the next step is going to be. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, that was implied, but just to like, you know, try to be at least one or two steps ahead. And that you know, I think what you mentioned, but just to explicitly state it, know where you're trying to take them. So it's not just I'm building this plane kind of ad hoc as it's being flown without the larger vision in mind. It's like here is the overall, for example, seven-step CFP process. I know where I'm ultimately going to be headed. I just haven't built the step yet. Is right. a very different feeling from I don't know what the next step's going to be, and I have to figure that out before my next client meeting on Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah. uh, just those two from the standpoint of one will have you feel like you at least know where you're going. The other one is just like, oh, crap. I, I don't know where I'm going, but I have to put something together. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that was a good threading that was helpful in threading the needle between harming clients and not having anything put together and right. um, allow, uh, allowing imposter syndrome to keep you from starting. <laughs> Oh, I love the, uh, our people, our, our launchers. Amy Lee is like, you did tell us, but we were a group of perfectionists. I'm like, <laughs> yes, you were. There was literally uh, e Emily in there um, <laughs> who works with millennial perfectionists, just hilarious. Uh, and she was like, I knew everything about being a perfect father before my first child was born. Life is simply easy. No problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yes. No, nothing, nothing will dash your confidence in knowing what you're doing, like actually having to do it. <laughs> oh, that was well put. Um, I think we got it. Any, anything else that you want to add? Uh, next week, we're going to talk about technical knowledge. Uh, like actually the technical knowledge of knowing what to tell people and how to advise them. Um, because that's the same thing as your process. You can very much harm people if you don't have things down. In fact, probably more so than your process. So. Um, at the same time, you are never going to know everything. Yeah. So how do we thread that needle? That's fun. <laughs> yes. I mean, see, we haven't put the, the, the conversation together yet, but we know where we're going. And so that makes it fun. Wow. I just brought it all together. Right now, that was so well done. High full circle. High five me. There we go. Perfect. Everyone, uh, thank you so much for your comments. Um, 
some of the questions that were in there. This is great. If there are things as you're watching the replay that we didn't talk about that you wished we would have covered, you can ask those questions in the comments. Make sure to tag either Josh or I just so that we know it was asked and we'll get to it. Or if it's a meaty enough question, we can just do it in another future Facebook Live. Uh, <laughs> uh, Emily, I appreciate you. She's like, doesn't Josh know everything? I've asked myself this question many times. Like, what doesn't this man know? And why is he telling me about imposter syndrome when he just knows everything? So I don't know. Apparently there's something he doesn't know, but I haven't figured out what it is yet. We'll wait and see someday. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. No, I know that. I just don't know the question. And on that note, my friend, I was going to say obscure but good reference for people. Everyone, thank you so much. Uh, We'll hope to see you on a future Facebook Live. And have a fantastic rest of your Thursday and week. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when a new episodes are released and it helps iTunes and Stitcher and everyone else know that you like the podcast, so it recommends it to other people. And if you can think of one person, either a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with and be helped by what we talked about today, share it with them as well. And if you're ready to build a successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with those clients, and run your business efficiently. Head to financialcoachesnetwork.com backslash start here. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.